You're listening to the Journeys of Scientists podcast put on by MSU WAMPS. These are casual conversations with graduate students in a variety of fields to learn about their experiences, research, and what brought them to where they are today. To keep up to date with future WAMPS events, be sure to check out our website at WAMPS.org and follow us on social media. We are MSU WAMPS on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. On this episode, we are joined by Carmen Maria Garcia. She is a doctor of veterinary medicine and PhD dual degree student here at MSU. Hope you enjoy. Welcome, Carmen. Could you briefly introduce yourself? What is your area of study here at MSU? Hi, so I'm a third year veterinary student here at MSU, and I just recently transferred into the um, comparative bio dual degree program. So now I'm doing a PhD in comparative bio working in Dr. Moser's lab, where we study stress in piglets. Okay. So, okay. So you're going into vet school, you're getting your veterinary degree, but you're also getting this PhD alongside. Is that correct on how that works? Yeah. Basically like, um, now that I'm into this program, I'm going to take a break from vet school and do research for two to three years. And then I can go back to vet school once I'm finished with my, um, PhD research and dissertation and stuff. But Okay, very nice. What kind of led you into adding on this PhD work? Uh, well, before I started vet school, I was already like interning at a couple of research agencies in undergrad. And then, so I already had experience with some research. And then once I got accepted into vet school, I was accepted into like a research program the summer before vet school. So I did a little bit more research here. And my second summer here, I was working in Dr. Moser's lab, and that's the lab I'm in right now. And he was our um, digestive professor. So I kind of got a feel for him and I realized like, okay, like, you know, lab work can be cool, but it depends on who you're working with, like anybody else or like any other thing. So I really liked um, the vibes he was giving off. And I was like, okay, I could work in his lab. And I tried it out and I really liked it. So that's how I, I decided like, okay, this is a lab that I could continue in. Okay, very nice. And then you described, um, you know, like stress on like pig hearts or something like that. Can you, can you describe in more detail of what that's all about? Yeah. So um, basically, and piglets are very similar to humans. Like we have very similar diets, very similar tissue, um, and like social components are really important to pigs, like they are to people. They actually have a hierarchy of who's the alpha piglet and who's not. So. <laughs> So literally just just like randomizing the group of like the siblings or whatever grouping they're in, that will slightly stress them out. Just Mm -hmm. like most of us, first day of class, new group of little kids and you're all stressed out. Mm -hmm. So um, we basically take these piglets and we imitate a lot of the things that they would normally endure during production to be processed to pork. Um, and we just do it with a small group of piglets and that's the stress that we're like implementing on the piglets, nothing like really crazy, just switching out their groups, um, separating them from their moms. That's like the initial stressor. And that's also like something that's just part of the process. Um, and then later on we give them a vaccine, which is another normal part of the process. And we're really focused on looking at the, um, anatomical, physiological, 
um, tissue differences that arise from the stress in these piglets in our different sexes. So we have the males, our females, and male castrates. Um, because in just like in human medicine, um, males tend to have a higher mortality rate. So males tend to die sooner, like men do. Um, but women tend to, out, although they outlive them, they suffer more commonly of inflammatory diseases and chronic illnesses like IBS, rheumatoid arthritis, um, MS. Okay. So, and so is the purpose of all this work is to kind of think more about how, I don't know, is it more for in the long run where we're like, oh, how we treat or handle like pigs are going to pork or is like, I know we had to kind of discuss like in like narrow conversation, like, oh, like pig's hearts are, or like the pigs are like actually kind of similar to humans. Is it more like, oh, this is a way we can test sort of like super like future assistance to like human health or something like that. Yeah. Does that make so, sense? <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. Like the end goal, like primarily um, this is something that's already happening in production. So this by collecting data and realizing like, is there a more humane way to do this? That's less stressful. And what are the results of the stress that we're causing now? We want to see how we can improve animal welfare. Um, but like, like we had said last time, like there's a lot of similarities in like tissue between humans and pigs. And like um, now they recently took the pig heart, like a special pig heart, and they put it into someone who needed like a heart transplant. So this is going to have like implications for human medicine as well. Um, and like I said, the similarities between mortality and inflammation and in men and women too. And then this is just good for a biological like science. Like we just need to learn more. So it's just like basic science. It has a human component that like benefits but then also it's benefiting for like the animal welfare. So all of it. <laughs> yeah. So with, um, since you're doing this uh, dual degree thing, like how, what does your sort of like day-to-day -day sort of look like compared to someone who's like not doing the dual degree? Like, for example, like, you know, people are going on vet school. Like, uh, I don't know much about this, but like, you know, they take their classes or maybe they, you know, volunteer or working in a clinic or something like that are you doing like in place of that now you're doing research in this lab or do you take like additional or different classes like sort of like what does it look like now that you added on this second part yeah so most of the people who um are accepted into the program they're accepted from the very beginning and um it's very similar to the path that i'm taking now even though i'm transferring because the mm -hmm. timing is just right mm-hmm but um, you pretty basically get into vet school. You do the first two years, totally normal. Um, in the summers, you do have to rotate between different labs to get a feel for different labs to see where you would mix well and like what research you're interested in. But then by the time you get to third year, like I'm at right now, you have to know which lab you're going to stay in. And instead of my classmates, we're finishing up some electives now but we're supposed to start clinics in March. So all of my graduating class or used to be graduating class is going to clinics and then versus I'm going to like just transition into being a normal grad student. I don't have like vet school obligations. I just transitioned to being a normal grad student, making my own schedule, planning my own projects. 
Um, today I was in the lab and I'm just learning the, where is everything located, how to process everything and like how to start doing all the basic procedures that I'm going to need to do to collect my data for my experiments. Um, yeah. So then I'll be doing this for like um, two to three years, however long it takes me to finish. And then I will transition into clinics after I finish like the dissertation and everything. Okay. So then, so you said that you had already done like lab rotations and stuff. So then what kind of led you to like end up in this particular lab? Um, So Dr. Moser was our digestive professor and it was like first year before COVID happened (laughs) and everybody lost it. But um, yeah, I really liked that. He was one of the professors that just focused on like what really needed, like what we really needed to know. He did a great job at explaining everything. He never belittled anybody. Um, He would draw us pictures when like the processes and stuff that he was going through were like really complicated. He's like, okay, let me just take the Elmo out and just draw pictures. So like it was, he just made learning everything from him so easy, even though we were learning um, how nutrients like glucose and sodium and everything is absorbed in the kind of like your gut. So it wasn't like really comp, it wasn't really simple stuff, but it was like, uh, he was like really good at breaking it down for us. And he has like a really like cool, like calm composure. So I really love that. And, um, he mentioned like, Oh, you know, like all the other professors, I do research on campus. If any of you guys are interested, let me know. So I had mentioned it to a friend. I was like, Oh, maybe he would be really cool to do research with. And she was like, yeah, just reach out to him. And I spoke to him and, um, the following summer, um, I had already been a student at the summer, um, MSU brush program and they will fund undergrad students to do research in labs here at MSU. And um, I told him like, this is already a program I've been a part of. Like, I'd like to come back as a like, participant in the program, but in your lab. And he said that sounded good with him. And that's how I started. And I did two summers with him before I started now my PhD work. Awesome. Awesome. That's really cool. Um, so where did you do your undergrad? Uh, Florida Atlantic University. So it's like Southeast coast of Florida like 35, 40 minutes north of Miami. Okay. And you're from Florida, is that correct? Mm-hmm. Very nice. So what did you study there? Was it zoology or? Um, no, I actually have a double major in bio and molecular neuroscience because um, I was going to go to the main campus, but then when I applied to transfer from my community college to the university, like the local university, Um, I had applied for like the honors program and the college and everything. So then I ended up at a further campus because I went to the honors campus Mm -hmm. and they have like, they have a really big like research um, kind of like um, partnership with Scripps and um, Scripps and Max Planck. Um, So those are two really big research like institutions. Mm -hmm. And um, we have like a, good like neuroscience department and everything so then I was like okay let me at least like check this out and get a like a feel for it and everything and then I realized a lot of the prereqs for the two majors were like the same as like pre-med or pre-vet so I wasn't like I wasn't really wasting my time or anything very nice did you so did you go from high school into community college and then community college into an um 
the four-year institution? Yeah. Yeah. In Florida, it's pretty common because um, I guess people aren't so quick to move out. So Mm -hmm. there are a lot of community colleges and then even your universities will have like several campuses. Mm -hmm. Like my, my university probably had like four or five, like um, campuses with like a student union and everything, Mm -hmm. a couple of classrooms and everything. Okay. Yeah. I started the community college and then after I did my AA, like the two years Mm -hmm. I transferred out. Okay. And how was that transition from the two year into the four year? Um, it actually wasn't as bad as I was expecting. I felt like the transition from high school to college was much harder, mm-hmm. <laughs> even though I was transferring to my community college because um, because our community college um, has so many large universities nearby. Mm-hmm. They most of the professors really try to like prepare you to transfer into one of the universities. So um, a lot of them, um, like they would tell like students, like we're not going to be any easier than if you were taking a class at like literally the university that's across the street. And some mm-hmm. of them were professors at the local university, but they just taught extra classes at the community college, um, like in the evenings and stuff, especially. Okay. Um, that was definitely a harder transition because I thought I'm going to take seven classes and it's going to mm-hmm. be okay. <laughs> and it was really tough, but um, it prepared me really well for when I transferred to my u- university. Oh, very nice. Very nice. And then how was like your transition from undergrad into grad school? Um, I didn't think that I was going to do research because I knew I wanted to do vet school. Um, but the undergrad that I did go to, like the honors college, um, they you have to do a thesis, like an undergrad mm-hmm. thesis to graduate from your honors college. You can still graduate from the university, but you won't graduate with the from the mm-hmm. honors college itself if you don't. So um, that was a really good experience. I didn't think I was going to end up doing like grad school because I knew I wanted to do vet school and vet school dual degree with grad school is not as common. It's kind of growing now, mm-hmm. but it's far more common to do like MD, PhD, but the DVM, PhD is still very like new. Um, but it's important because of things like COVID. Yeah. So COVID most likely came from some other animal that wasn't human. And now we're all um, living it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. But it did. A, my university did a really good job of preparing me for um, undergrad, for this graduate experience, even though it wasn't what I was expecting. I always did like research. So. Yeah. So then how did you end up here at MSU? Um, I applied to, I applied, I focused on applying to vet schools that first of all, weren't taking the GRE because, um, I was just so busy that I didn't want to have to study for one more standardized exam. So that gave me like, um, six schools that I was looking into sort of. Um, and then it was like Purdue, um, Georgia, I think University of Florida, I applied to, even though they were taking the jury, just because it was in my, my like in-home like residence school, um, Mississippi, MSU and Maryland, those are pretty much didn't take the jury. And then, um, from there. Yeah. So all those schools, they had a good cost of living. I like the curriculum. MSU just switched up to this, like more hands-on, um, systems-based approach imitating like what UC Davis's vet school is already doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really liked it. Our experience has been different than like the COVID classes now, 
but um yeah coming from the class that came before covid like really hit and like impacted our first year they did a pretty good job i think with the systems and like flipped classroom and everything um and yeah i liked um i liked living like here in the msu area mm-hmm. versus purdue looked really like industrial looking <laughs> i don't know <laughs> mississippi was very um, bland it was very fair mm-hmm. <laughs> so i was a little sad and cloudy um msu has like a nice residential and like um on campus like life like mm-hmm. lively area but you can get away from like the music and like the craze and everything if you want mm-hmm. so yeah very nice and you said that you did research as an undergrad too is that right yeah i did research um at scripps um and the funny thing is that scripps they it, like i don't even know if it's still there on that campus anymore. I think like I went home recently to Florida and my friend told me, Oh, you know, they, they sold everything to the university of Florida. So I guess the university of Florida came and took over, (laughs) but they're still going to be doing research there. Um, And that's basically where I was doing research at, like in a lab at Scripps. Um, What is Scripps? Um, Scripps is like, it's like a company. It's like a company that does, that's like that does research and they just have a bunch of labs um and then they can like yeah it's i guess i guess you would say it's a company it's like um like mox plank it's like another pharmaceutical company kind of thing so they do their own research and then from there they can like make drugs and like um they'll ask for grants i guess to do their research but part of it is like I think pharmaceutical and stuff like the end goal. Okay. So I worked with, um, in that lab, I kind of worked, um, with fruit flies. That was Mm. like the model that we were using. And it's just because, um, we were kind of doing like just genetic experiment, like, Oh, what happens if we remove this little piece of their gene or what happens if we just mess up the gene a little bit. And we were just seeing like for a specific gene, how it would affect the fruit fly. Um, because we were, uh, we wanted to see if it would change like the, um, the efficiency of the nervous system. Cause the fruit fly has a very conserved, like nervous system. That's very similar in other animals. Like even in humans, it's very similar. So if you're looking at something really basic, you can look at that really basic thing in like, um, a small, cheap, quickly reproducing animal, like a fruit fly. Very nice. And then were you, so you were doing this research, you're taking classes and stuff, were you involved with any, any other organizations or activities or hobbies like that when you were in school? Um, in undergrad, I was pretty busy with like the pre-vet club, pre-vet club um, on our main campus had like good events and everything. And then Eventually, I made the pre-vet club on our campus. Like on the main campus, they had their own pre-vet club. So then I made um, the pre-vet club on our small campus um, just because it was far enough that it was worth having our own campus. Um, And I had a really, even though like my parents, um, like I hadn't ever heard of Honors College before I got accepted into mine. I thought it was like just on the same campus. Um, like, you know, like in high school, like honors classes or something. Um, my parents had never heard of that or anything either. Um, but I was really glad that I ended up going there. Like it was a really good experience. 
because we had two research facilities, like massive companies that were doing research that they were just taking like undergrad students from our campus to do research and help and participate. Um, we had like um, a lot of funding for like the small campus. I think only like 250 or so students went to my campus. So we had like all the resources of like our university, but for such a small group of us. Um, and then if you drove like, um, it was far enough from our regular campus, like an hour on the highway or so, and then an hour going the other direction on the highway, you could find like the other campus that our school had where they did more research. So um, we had a lot of really great resources. Um, and while I was an undergrad, I started the pre-vet club for our campus. Um, I helped some friends start HOSA. I don't know if you've heard of that, but it's no. like, yeah, it's like um, a national um, pre-med program. Mm -hmm. So we were all, we were like friends who, who just met in undergrad, but we all did HOSA in high school, um, Health Occupational Students of America. And it's pretty cool because it's like um, most of the time the class is run by someone who's a retired nurse and you have a whole class in high school of people who are like pre-med, pre like dental, they're interested in pharmacy or vet, whatever. But you guys are like, you take like a couple elective courses together and you take like basic medical terminology and stuff classes together. And then um, we enjoyed that so much in high school that when we started at our honors college, we were like, oh, let's make a HOSA for our campus. So I got to compete for HOSA and stuff. And that was really good. Um, besides that, I almost did a minor in Spanish. I really like I'm Hispanic. I speak it and read it fluently. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I really enjoy Spanish literature. It's really funny and colorful. <laughs> so I almost did a Spanish minor, but because um, I did a couple of classes, and I only need a few more credits. But I was like, no, I have to graduate eventually. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was like I just left it like a hobby kind of thing. Yeah, very nice. And then like what I about tutored and oh. stuff too? Yeah, awesome, awesome. And so then, like, what about now while you're in? Grad school, like, what do you, I mean, do you have free time? Like, what are sort of the things you do to entertain yourself outside of class and research? Yeah, let me tell you about everything I do in all my free time. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let my supervisor hear me. <laughs> um, yeah, so when I'm, when I, like, make time to, like, take a break from, like, classes mm -hmm. and everything, or I'm just like, okay, I need a break, um, regardless of if I deserve it or not, I'm going to take it. I'll go to the gym and it's funny because my dad has my location. So he's like, Hey, are you at the mall? And I'm like, no, Bobby, I'm at the gym. I wish I were at the mall, but the planet fitness I go to is like oh. to the mall. <laughs> um, I'll go to the gym. Luckily I, um, I love to cook. So like, that's also like a chore, I guess, but I really like that. <laughs> um, my friend got me an apron that says like, oh, something about like, yeah, I may be busy, but I'm still going to stress bake my way <laughs> through life. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, I do love to stress bake. Um, uh, I go to church on the weekends. I just started volunteering last semester. Um, our church is like doing Afghan meals for refugees who get in, who are coming into the area and like, um, yeah, just um, relocated and everything. So sometimes I'll volunteer and do that. Um, lately I've been trying to go to the like grad student events and that's how we met at like a coffee at Grand Traverse Pie. Mm -hmm. 
um that was good um but they have so many good events like I went ice skating this past weekend mm-hmm. and that was a really good time. You should have been there. <laughs> I know. I know. I heard there's a lot of people there. <laughs> yeah. It, it was a little crowded at first, but then like, um, as people started <laughs> like falling and getting bored, they left. So it was good, <laughs> but, nice. um, it's been years since I've done that. So that was a lot of fun. And I can't skate right now with the ice on the sidewalks mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, I learned to like, cr- like crochet over quarantine mm-hmm. <laughs> so i crocheted all second year during my virtual classes <laughs> and that was a good just fun like create creative thing to do i have a friend who wants me to make her a blanket now so in all my free time i gotta, I gotta there's <laughs> I there's a group of us in, in the physics department who we get together and sometimes and we knit things <laughs> you're welcome to join <laughs> do you know how to knit i know how to knit i, so I know how to do basic two needles right I use the rounded needles or the the needles. So it's are, one needle or two? I don't know the actual. Yeah, I'm not well versed on the terminology of things. They're the round needles, so they're like connected kind of by like a string, sort of. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, uh, we gotta make this happen. Because <laughs> yes. I just know how to crochet with one needle, and then um, I have a friend who thought she was gonna surprise me with like crocheting needle, and then she got me the two long straight needles, and oh. I'm like, this is knitting. So I'm like, but I could learn. Yeah, I mean, people will teach things. And I know there's people who know how to crochet. I don't know how to do any of that. I know how to make hats, and that's about it. <laughs> okay, hey, that's I. I just know how to make blankets. <laughs> <laughs> it's very. I mean, so how has like the transition of moving from Florida to Michigan been? I mean, in Michigan, you need a lot of blankets anyway, so yeah. it works out. <laughs> yeah me and my chihuahua really appreciate like the heated blankets we have here they're (laughs) life-changing definitely i would say that's like that's like earned a spot close to the top of like best inventions ever heated Mm -hmm. blankets like (laughs) yeah um so yeah um florida where i'm from specifically it's very diverse it's a very large city so here it's very different because it's um demographics are different not as diverse not a massive city um my my dad still calls it a small town when he tells people (laughs) he tells people like oh they're like oh where's Carmen in Michigan he's like oh the small town called East Lansing (laughs) and I'm like can you stop saying that to people I mean the population is still like 180,000 or something like that (laughs) But it's just so much smaller, I think, than the city we're from. And I'm just like, it just sounds weird. Just stop saying that. There's people that we met at the Cogs thing who come from like a town of like a thousand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It could always be smaller. Yeah. So exactly. So when he says that, I'm just like, it's not Farmville. Stop calling it that. <laughs> but um, that's the biggest, the biggest difference. Um, the people, though, I've met here, super nice. Um, pretty welcoming like I haven't had any issues but um, yeah I always have a good time very nice very nice and then sort of like wrapping things up a little bit here I like to ask people do you have any advice or tips of wisdom you would give undergrads thinking about going to grad school or like first year grad students kind of adjusting to that lifestyle okay yeah so First, there is one thing that I remember that's really weird about living in this area is kind of the fact that everything closes around nine. That's really weird. (laughs) I don't know. It works out for me because I go to bed at like 930. So it works out. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like in the summer, it's even worse. (laughs) Mm. 
I, I agree. But are, yeah, you, are you used to like really... partying up until like three in the morning? It's like the nightlife. Yeah, it's just so different because like um, where I'm where like we live, we, there's so many universities that live that are right there mm-hmm. on a street called University Drive. Yeah. And there's a Starbucks that's open till midnight. Yeah. And I hear they close at seven. And I'm like, no, everything is just. Curfew. Yeah, I look at that. Like even where I did like my undergrad, like I always kind of say like East Lansing is not really a college town. It's just a town that happens to have a big college in it. Like, <laughs> yeah. Cause even like when I did my, my undergrad, I mean, like most of Colorado is also kind of bland of like things close early, but if you're by the university, Oh yeah. There'd be like pizza places that would deliver until three in the morning or whatever. Like all that stuff. It was like, I don't, I'm not aware of like those, those things here. <laughs> No, we just have bells. It's open till four, which I do like, but still mm-hmm. it's not that many options. Yeah. Um, yeah. So town with college town in it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um, advice that I would give anybody who's interested in um, maybe doing grad school or professional school. Um, I think that like what I mostly tell people is just as long as you're having a good time, whatever, with whatever you're doing that's the most important thing. So, um, sometimes we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to like, Oh, make, I have to make my application what I think they want to see, Mm -hmm. you know, but as long as you're doing things that are like still sort of relevant things that are challenging you in different ways. And you're most importantly having a really good time with whatever you're doing. I think that makes a big difference in like figuring out like, Hey, like, is this the right path for me? You know, like maybe if they don't like your application to wherever you're applying, like maybe you shouldn't be there anyway. Um, yeah. Like I would have never thought that I would have liked research as much as I do. Um, I initially got into it because I just, I applied to like the CDC, um, summer, like annual internship thing that my community college actually was offering every year. They sent two students out to the CDC. And I decided like, okay, let me apply for that. So like I had to take like bio two and like, um, volu- I had, I like did a couple more like, um, extracurricular things. Like I was interning at a local USDA, like research lab to help me get the CDC internship, like in a year from then. Cause some, cause one of my, um, professors like, well, if you want to get that, you got to try to see if you can do some other local research thing first. So then that helped me get my CDC internship by the end of the year or the like, like two years from then. And then from there, I applied to like my university and got into the honors college. Um, and I'm sure that all those like research things that I did, plus like my GPA um, mm-hmm. helped like make that like, hey, like, yeah, you got accepted and all this stuff. And then from there, I interned at the NIH. And it's crazy because I initially just did it because I wanted to see what like the kind of like a little bit more of like, oh, you know, research has a really bad connotation. But what's like, what is it like in a government agency where it should be like the golden standard and stuff? Like um, how much truth is there to everything that PETA like, you know, promotes and like markets about like everything in animal cruelty and stuff. And at least like the experience that I've had with research, um, it showed me that like, you know, yeah, there are things that are part of it that aren't super pleasant, but 
when you're doing something at a very small scale that's controlled and it can benefit like not just like humans but other animals and like we get so much information out of it i think it's more about like um just respecting the animals mm-hmm. that are being used and like making making sure that good use is um that they're being used to good use you know and that like our research now with stress it's also looking at most importantly the animal welfare component um yeah so it's just really important to like um have veterinarians involved in research mm-hmm. because we go to vet school because we love animals and even if I'll work in a clinic for maybe just um a couple of years and then go back to research like it's important to have animal advocates who like studied animals who love animals to be working with animals and making sure that they're being taken care of. Yeah, for even, sure. Like, yeah. Even in research where they're like being used to benefit others. Mm-hmm. Um, they still have like, they still have times where they get like treats and they get enrichments and they get like puzzles sometimes that they have to solve. So um, just do whatever you like and keep an open mind and try everything. Yeah, for sure. Don't spread yourself out too thin. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Well, thank you for coming on and sharing your perspective and experiences and everything. Really appreciate it. It was fun talking with you. Yeah, you too. Thanks so much for sharing this with me.